0: Avengers
1: Welcome back ladies and gentlemen to a new episode of the Adventure Geeks podcast. I am one of your hosts, Eric, and Ray and we're back at it again with a a very fresh take episode oh yeah some of you guys might want to wait to l- finish listening to this cuz we basically got early access to watching Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3 so we'll be talking a spoiler review of that and then we're going to be getting into Star Wars Visions Volume 2 volume 2 yeah for Star Wars Day um so Spoilers ahead of time, this is your first and only warning, spoilers for both Guardians 3 and Star Wars Visions Volume 2, and we, lucky bunch, got to see G- Guardians 3 last night after watching all three of them in the theater.
0: Yep, we went to a uh, fun triple triple feature uh,
1: with the usual crew.
0: Yep, with our usual movie crew. It was a lot of fun. It was definitely a lot of fun watching uh, um, all of them.
1: All of them in IMAX again. Yeah. It was great. Yeah. Um, And unfortunately, Ian couldn't join us because he is working today, and I don't know how the hell he was able to get up for work this morning and go in for a full day because we didn't get back until about 3 (laughs) a.m.
0: Yeah, I definitely... Fell asleep at like 4.30 in the morning mm-hmm. and I woke up around noon. <laughs> yeah.
1: It was, uh yeah, it was a long but good night.
0: Yeah, oh yeah, it was a lot of fun. It was really fun watching them all again.
1: And back to back to and back. Ba- yeah,
0: back to back to back.
1: I can tell you I was able to really enjoy the character developments across the three movies without like having to wait for the next one to come out.
0: Yeah, I, I really think uh, overall it was a very... Uh, it's another solid trilogy from Marvel.
1: Yeah, probably the second best, I would say. Second best, yeah. Because, I mean, Avengers, you can't really count as a a trilogy.
0: Yeah, I I wouldn't really count Avengers as that.
1: No, because there's four movies, right?
0: Yeah. I mean, the only one I would really count is the Captain America one.
1: Yeah. But, um... I'm also kind of biased. You are very biased. (laughs) But that's okay, it's a solid trilogy.
0: Actually, Spider-Man.
1: Spider-Man, yeah, Spider-Man was, though, Spider-Man 3 was the only one I really, really loved.
0: You weren't as much of a huge fan as the other two? I
1: liked Homecoming and Far From Home, but, like, to me, it's not up to par with the old ones, in my opinion.
0: Like, you're talking about the Raimi trilogy?
1: Yep. Minus Spider-Man 3, of course, but...
0: Well, it's not technically
1: as... But the first two, the first two in the Raimi trilogy were fantastic. Green Goblin, Power Ranger suit or not. Anyway, (laughs) we're going to just talk about volume three because I know everybody who's listening has probably already seen the first two. Overall thoughts of the third one, Ray?
0: Uh, 10 out of 10.
1: I'm going to say 10 out of 10. It was an emotional roller coaster. I went through every sort of feeling, including fear.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I want to say, like, uh, even, like, just from, because I've only, I only watched the, uh, I only watched the first trailer, the one that originally mm-hmm. came out, um, so I didn't watch, like, any other the TV spots or, like, anything else because I wanted to go into it, like,
1: I only watched, I only watched the last trailer. I didn't even watch the first trailer. Oh, first like that
0: trailer. one minute one?
1: Yeah. Um... I will take it back. I, I'll probably say nine out of ten. The one gripe I had with this movie was I don't think they really utilized Adam Warlock very well, and you could have done without him in the entire movie. I was actually uh, minus the opening scene. I was actually having that conversation with Mike last night.
0: Like after we got after we all got home, he was texting me a little, and I was like, he was like, "Yeah, I feel like they didn't use Adam Warlock well," and I was like, "But it kind of makes sense." Because like even they said like he got out of the pod too early, and like he was still mm-hmm. like young and inexperienced, and I think the fact that he was confused about who was,
1: you know, who's right, who's wrong, that was interesting about him. But my whole point, but com- they're, but they're basically setting him up to be, and that's what my question is: is what is his point going to be for the MCU moving forward? He's going to be part of the he's probably he, alert it's
0: new guardians of the galaxy
1: <laughs> well i think they're basically just setting him up to be marvel's superman
0: no nah, that was icarus
1: and that's true but icarus is dead <laughs> Where is he <laughs> well, we'll see but i thought he was gonna have more of a role in the movie i was surprised how little he was actually on screen but
0: Yeah, I mean, I was a little surprised, but I didn't think that they were going to make him, like, the... Like, part of the villains right away. Mm -hmm. Like, especially, like... Because I kind of understand where they were coming from with everything with him, and then even, like... Even the end part where, like, he just awkwardly hugged everyone, like... Like, you can tell, like, this is him. Mm -hmm. They're setting him up to be part of this new uh, environment.
1: I will be... curious to see if they ever bring about magus out of him
0: uh i mean maybe down the line but i don't think like i don't think they would do that because i mean the way it's structured right now and like i was thinking Mm -hmm. about it last night when i was thinking about um my guardians of the galaxy post i made because like between like the Abnet and landing run and like the annihilation run like they're doing Mm -hmm. the guardians completely different yep Which is good. That's a good way to do it. Yeah, because it's
1: it's unpredictable, and it's creative. Um, I will say, at some parts of the movie, it was very hard to get through, and I definitely wouldn't bring kids to go see this one. Um, There's a large focus on animal cruelty and animal experimentation, so there are times where you see some of the animal experiments and it's very hard to watch because of how cruel it really is. Because essentially it's it's Rocket's backstory. Yep. And they introduced the High Evolutionary, who I think really is one of the most evil villains they've had on the... On yeah, the, they
0: did a really good job with him. And he was uh, a great villain. The dude who played him, I forgot his name.
1: It's, it's, a, it's a... But
0: he's the same guy who was in Peacemaker. Yep. And I think he was a really good at Peacemaker, too. Yep. But he was really
1: good as, like, the High Evolutionary. Mm-hmm. And his whole backstory is that he's trying to create the perfect civilization in the perfect type of people-slash-creature. And Rocket's basically one of his er- earlier batches, but he ends up getting, like... He's able to create things that haven't been created yet, and he gets super... Um, the high evolutionary gets super jealous of Rocket's ability to create things because without it because everything
0: that he creates isn't going to be as good as Rocket.
1: Right. So that's basically the plot of the movie. Um again, there's definitely some horror elements in it. I thought I was watching like The Thing at one point mixed with like Five Nights at Freddy's.
0: Yeah, there was a lot of like uh like cosmetic and like body
1: Body horror, Body yeah. Horror
0: stuff. But, like, nothing, like... Not super too, gruesome.
1: Not too, too gory, but it was definitely, like, unsettling if you weren't expecting it. Yeah. Um I
0: think, Well, so, like, I mean, well, we can start where it opens up real quick. Like, mm-hmm. we'll start from the beginning. Like, so it just kind of opens up with... And I, the soundtrack was fantastic. Yep. Like, mm-hmm. I'm so glad that... Like, I can't stop listening to it.
1: It's so good, like... It's a blend of '90s and 2000s. I did like a lot of the fact,
0: like, so like obviously it deals with Star Lord being depressed that the Gamora that came back isn't his Gamora, and he's all sad about it, and the Guardians are trying to like fix up nowhere after they bought it from the collector and uh-huh. trying to make it like a like a hospitable place for everyone. And, like, Star-Lord's obviously, like, you know, down on his luck. He's drunk all the time. And I think that was a really good way to open it up. Mm Because, like, he ended, not like he ended Endgame, like, everyone was fine. But, like, you know, even in, like, Thor, uh, not Thor, Ragnarok, in Thor, Love and Thunder, like, he still seemed
1: fine. Fine,
0: But I think it's a good way to, like, kind of open it up. And especially with the fact that Rocket, like, was listening to his Zoom the whole time. Mm -hmm. Like, that was
1: really cool. That's, like,
0: there was a good Mm -hmm. transition between, like, the beginning and the end.
1: They show a really good relationship between Peter and Rocket in this movie. Yeah. And how, and it's foreshadowing it, but Rocket and Peter, like, almost become one. And with the handoff they have at the end, it's almost perfect. And I did
0: really like the, uh... The parts where, um, like, especially after watching it after number two, like, because it's still exploring Rocket and Peter's relationship mm-hmm. in two, yep. because they're always butting heads with each other, like, especially that scene when they're flying the ship through the asteroid field, yep. and, like, it kind of, like, came to a good, like, head here where, mm-hmm. like, you know, and even, like, even, like, at the beginning, like, of volume three with Rocket being, You know, concerned about Peter was really cool. And then, like, Mm -hmm. it just, like, took off from there. Like, Adam Warlock showed up right away. And
1: started destroying shit. I thought he was actually going to kill people at at the beginning. Yeah, there was a
0: couple times where I was like, oh, shit, someone's dead. (laughs)
1: Like, grew ends up just ahead at the end of that battle. Yeah. Freaking, uh, he puts Rocket through the ringer and Rocket almost dies in this movie.
0: Breaks Mantis's arm.
1: Yep. And de- absolutely demolishes Nebula.
0: Yeah. I actually, so the one thing I kind of like, especially, I mean, Nebula's had, like, a really good character arc, too. hmm But I like the fact that now that she's, like, I mean, she's cybernetic, so, like, nothing really hurts her, which mm-hmm. is pretty cool because they really showcase that a lot in this. Yep. And even like well, my my one thing is like Mantis always falls all the time, so I don't know mm-hmm. how she's not dead. Yeah, I don't know either. Like I heard I heard an, a few necks cracks. Ne- yeah, I was um, like, how is she? And still loud out? neck cracks. Yeah. Like
1: they were pretty brutal in this movie. Yeah. Um, one of the things I want to point out though is at at the beginning what the team dynamic is like because their leader is always drinking and and hungover, and they're kind of just like trying to figure out, well, what do we do? Who's going to be responsible for helping Peter? Get back on his feet and everything, and it's, and it almost gets pinned on Nebula to do it.
0: Yeah, which is kind of cool.
1: Yeah, and and Nebula doesn't know what to do because this whole compassion thing is relatively new to her. So, it was it was it was neat to see the the team dynamic at at the beginning because they were kind of apart and didn't really know their identity at the beginning. Yeah because their leader was in a, such a fragile state.
0: Yeah, and then so going off from there like they have to figure out how to bypass uh some kind of bomb that the high evolutionary put on Rocket's heart so that mm-hmm. they can try to help him.
1: Yeah, so, it's like a kill switch.
0: Yeah, they end up uh finding out that Nebula has been, you know, talking to Gamora this whole time, and Gamora is a part of the Ravagers now. The The original Ravagers. The original
1: Ravagers with Starhawk, and I don't know the name of the other people.
0: Uh, The Crystal Guys, Martin X, I forgot who the other ones are.
1: There's the Floating Head.
0: And then the, uh, the...
1: What's Her Face's character.
0: Yeah, and then there's the... Uh, He looks like a seahorse, but he's got magic powers. Right, he's
1: like a Doctor Strange seahorse version. I don't remember what his name was either. Yeah, I don't remember what his name was either. But, so, they end up going to
0: her to try to break into this organic corporation... Orgo Corp? Orgo Corp, yeah, that um, the High Evolutionary uses to fund his experiments. And I thought even the whole, like break-in scene was really good. I just love that. Made them like actually had like a a
1: speaking role. A speaking yeah.
0: role. I mean, he did in the first one because he played the the blue guy who was gonna like, you know, make Star Lord his bitch in jail.
1: Oh, that's right. I forgot. About and then,
0: that. but I like that they actually like used them. It was pretty mm-hmm. good. I think there was more. There was a lot more serious parts than comedy. In this oh yeah, one, there it was like
1: there was very. I I mean there was comedy, but I don't think it was nearly as much.
0: Yeah, it. There definitely was. It almost had like. Infinity War vibes, where mm-hmm. like, there was some comedy and some cool moments where like, oh that's cool, and then we were laughing, and then you're like, oh shit.
1: Like they're exploring how damaged the universe is that yeah. they're they're living in,
0: and then so. So they stage like a a good um, you know a good heist to get the the, uh, code, the code for, for the to help rocket switch. only to find out that it's not even actually there. Mm-hmm. So then they end up they end up going to the high Evolutionary's planet right. What is it mm-hmm. counter Earth? Yeah. They end up going to counter Earth,
1: which is basically planet Earth, but instead of humans, they're like animal human hybrid yeah,
0: humanoid animo- animals. Which I thought that was that was pretty cool. Like, mm-hmm. that was a cool scene, like, especially, like, the fact that, like, it almost, like, showcased that they are, you know, Guardians. Mm-hmm. Like, especially, like, when that Bat Lady, her knee, and, like, Star-Lord's, like, going to help her. and Yeah. And, you know, it had a good little mix of comedy and seriousness, especially, like, in the house there, yep. where, like, Trax keeps falling asleep on the couch. Mm, yep. and, I just, like, it was... It was really, it was really good.
1: Yeah, they yeah, I, um... And
0: even up into the, the fight, kind of, like, with the High Evolutionary, like, that first fight when they're, like, all in the room, mm-hmm. and, like, just, the way they use Groot now was so good. Mm-hmm. Like, Groot just hiding all those guns in his...
1: This is, like, the most high-powered Groot you're ever gonna, I think we we're gonna get.
0: And I wonder if... I mean, I don't know the answer, but I wonder if they did it because they might have actually used, like, Vin Diesel for the mocap.
1: Maybe Maybe that's why he's, like, yeah. actually,
0: like, look, swole Now, looking. here's
1: my question, and, and I was, I thought this was interesting viewing, like, every time Groot pops up. Do you think the Groot in the first movie was actually an elderly group? and the one we get in this movie is kind of, like, the adult group? That's kind of what I was thinking. Because I was looking at it, I'm like... We we obviously see baby group, we see toddler group, and then we see teenage shithead group. So this might be like this has got to be 20s. like twenties thirties group. Like I would young say adult.
0: Twi- I, I don't know. I wouldn't say thirties
1: because like because it's it's it was hard to like distinct distinguish like what his like, age would be.
0: I don't know if like the group from volume one was like old group. Maybe that was like thirties group. But, like, I definitely think this one was, like, 20s Groot. Because he's, like, like when he swung the spaceship in, he was, like, I am Groot. They're, like, yeah, that was cool. Like,
1: mm-hmm. you know.
0: And he's still, like, I feel like he's, like, smarter now, too.
1: Mm-hmm. You know? See, but the thing I would say, though, is the Groot that we get in one seemed more wise. Even though he had some stupid moments. Maybe, and he was a lot skinnier, too.
0: Maybe they only lived to, like.
1: I don't know, maybe, maybe that... But I mean,
0: he also, maybe like 30's their their
1: age. I don't know.
0: But I mean, he also didn't like, he sacrificed himself. He didn't like actually... Right,
1: right, right. Like, die, die. Now, I will say, though, um, one of the things I did not expect, and this is probably the reason why there wasn't as many jokes, is because Rocket's out for a good portion of this movie. He's like in an unconscious state for a good, maybe 45 minutes and most of the scenes that he's in are actually flashbacks of when he was an experiment. And he was meeting his his love Lila, who is uh, an otter that was experimented on. Then there was... I forgot what the... Uh, Teeth. Teeth, who was the walrus experiment. And the one that fucking creeped me out the most. The bunny floor that had, like, those spider legs. It was, yeah. it was, that, it was creepy. But most of Rocket's scenes are, like... Flashbacks of when he was an experiment,
0: which I thought that was really cool. Yeah,
1: uh, I—I mean,
0: not to like, but they also—I mean, you you can use Drax and Mantis for a lot of the comedy. Oh yeah, yeah.
1: I always missed Rocket's like smart ass comedy. Yeah,
0: but I think that that was probably what they were trying to like showcase is Mm -hmm. like you know, like especially like now that well I mean with the end but we'll we'll We'll
1: go to the end when we get there
0: so. Where were we? Oh, so they were yep, so they fought the high evolutionary on Counter Earth. His ship ends up f- flying away because he's destroying the entire planet because his he was,
1: his ship was basically the core of the planet w- yeah, is what it looked and like. And he
0: was dissatisfied with how unevolutionized they were or like
1: not they there was like um what's the word not malfunctions but um impurities in,
0: yeah <coughs> impurities and imperfections
1: so because there was I think there was like mention of some of them like like dealing drugs or something there was like yeah. a background audio that you you could hear yeah um
0: and, but then they end up tracking down the guy who has the kill code for uh rockets thing, which I thought that scene was really cool like especially because so the thing I liked about it like that scene in particular was like S- star lord gave no no, no shit. He like, was, he like, was gone... to say, he's like, I'm gonna save my best friend, because yeah, and he funny, doesn't want to lose anybody. And the else. funny running joke was, was always, Drax mm-hmm. is like, oh, he's your second best friend. Yep. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which I think that was really funny.
1: I I will say, I'm we're gonna like pause that there though. One of the things I love about us being able to see all three is the movies get more more mature as you get to the last one. Yeah, cuz if you look back at the first one it was very like I don't know, lighthearted, goofy at times, but a really good cosmic comedy. Yeah. Then you get to the second one where you really dive into family dynamics and and kind of dealing with loss and then this one is full blown dealing with trauma, dealing with losing your loved ones and then really figuring out who your family really is. Yeah. And it go and it's shown in Peter quite a bit because he he's pretty brutal throughout the entire movie too, and he's doing basically what he can to save Rocket because he doesn't want to lose anybody else, and he desperately tries to win back Gamora's love, and she's just not having it.
0: Which I actually really like that. Yeah,
1: I like that too. It was heartbreaking to watch, and awkward as all hell to watch.
0: But well, I like the fact that she kind of like. Because this isn't the same Gamora. Like, even she yep. says that, and, like, even Peter says that, too. And, like, I think the fact that Peter comes to the realization that she's not the same Gamora mm-hmm. makes it easier for him to almost let go. hmm You know? And even she's found her new family amongst the, the new the, Ravagers. The Ravagers, yep. Which is kind of cool, because, like, I feel like that's another good, like... Not, like, character arc because it's not the same Gamora who mm-hmm. was in, like, the first two... I think it would have been cool if they showed, like, maybe clips of them in Infinity War and Endgame. Mm-hmm. And then, like, also the holiday special. Because I feel like that, you need to see all mm-hmm. of that to kind of, like, yeah, get the full Guardians experience. Mm-hmm. You know what I
1: mean? Like, And I will say, one of the cool things I saw was they did show glimpses of Gamora. Like, oh, maybe this is the reason why I fell for him in the first place. But not fully, like, winning over on that that moment yeah when he like um says like he put he put in the self-destruct like mode or whatever for the the ship to blow up you can see it in her eyes like oh
0: but yeah, again was, not fully little, winning him over there's
1: little moments like that and um she can understand why she fell for him before
0: yeah and i i even think so getting back to the story we yep. uh so they found the kill code, and then they're getting ready to like try to save Rocket. And I think that whole dream sequence with him, with Lila and Teeth and Floor, uh-huh. I think that was really good, and that was a really good like shock moment. I think for yeah.
1: all of us, like I thought he everyone Rocky was, was like
0: die. yeah because, and he's like, can I come too? And she's like, yeah, sure. And then I was like, oh god,
1: Rocket's. I was like, die. oh god, Rocket's gonna oh, die. God.
0: Oh god, oh god. And then when she stopped him, I was like, oh
1: my god. (laughs) And then Lila says, and this is like one of those like heaven like moments before you die type of thing. Where you see the people you love and they're going to guide you to the afterlife. And then Lila stops him and says, not yet. And then he goes back. I did
0: like that she said that this is your story. Mm -hmm. Which made me think that's a good way to kind of like, I don't think she was talking about like, the other two movies i think she's talking about what's coming next for him Mm -hmm. because like i mean with the ending it definitely like pans that out really good Mm -hmm. well and And i can't remember i don't know keep talking i gotta look something
1: up it's but what's interesting is even if you bring in the other two movies the whole guardians trilogy for him specifically is working through his past in order to become the the creature animal whatever you want to call him that he wants to be but he's not able to 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 find himself and that's why he keeps pushing people away and i mean it it took it didn't take until he was talking to Yandu for things start to click and then this movie kind of sealed that deal I knew there
0: was a series where Rocket takes takes over. I can't remember which one it Mm. was.
1: (laughs) Because you can go back in all three of those movies and find moments where Rocket would be the the good leader. But because he's so reckless and has a lot of self-hate and hate towards others, it, it blocks him from being a truly great leader. So now he comes... And then he comes back. They they end up bringing him back um, after a wonderful touching moment between him Peter and... Groot. Groot. And Gamora was kind of like, oh, maybe this is why they like each other.
0: (laughs) And then... uh, Man, why do I not remember what happened? I just watched
1: it. And then there was a mix-up because... Yeah, the whole... And, and I think this is, this is probably affected by Peter not being able to communicate properly still, and then Rocket being out of the picture. They have a miscommunication because originally it was, who was actually stuck on, oh, it was Peter, Peter and... They thought
0: Peter and Groot were stuck on the ship. Right. Because they made Nebula stay outside.
1: Yep, and then Drax and Mantis leave the ship of Guarding Rocket to go get them out of the ship, and then they get a role reversal.
0: Yeah, where Nebula, Drax, and Mantis are on the ship, and they end up encountering these kids. Yep. Which I think all those scenes were really good, especially, like, you know, everyone calling Drax stupid, and Mantis sticking up for him, and then mm-hmm. Mantis calls him stupid.
1: <laughs> yeah,
0: she just says, forget, so... It makes me think. How many times have they been insulting Drax and Mantis? is Just like forget.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. They. I. I almost. I think I made this comment to you during the movie. I'm like, Mantis is a fucking sociopath.
0: <laughs> Cause, I love her. Cause She's she so can, funny though. Because
1: she can just basically make anybody forget what she just said to them. Yeah. Um, but no. Um, to backtrack a little bit though, the High Evolutionary also had these like kids that he was experimenting on too as the next batch of like perfect beings and when Drax and those guys are captured there's a really cool bonding moment between the kids and Drax who I I was starting to think that the kids might have been like from his kind which is why he knew the language but that also could be that maybe Drax is smarter than we thought he was yeah that's true but basically, he was able to instruct the kids to get out of the way so they don't get shot by nowhere that comes out of nowhere. <laughs> yeah,
0: which was really cool. I like the fact that they like, actually made it a ship.
1: Yeah, the the place nowhere where they all live is actually a ship with a giant fucking cannon in its eyeball.
0: Yeah, that was really cool.
1: But I think this movie did a really good job of exploring who Drax is... is like, what Drax is... Um, character development is coming to. And I think even Mantis says it to him at the end that Drax has found his identity as being a good father. Yeah. And I know he lost it a little bit after he lost his Ovette and his daughter. I don't remember his daughter's name. Back in the first one. So he's been kind of lost in who he is. And he was always just so hell-bent on revenge. And now that Thanos is killed you kind of have to wonder what Drax's next step is, because even in the comics for a bit, he was literally designed to kill Thanos. That was his whole purpose. But now that he's gone, it's interesting to see where Drax is going from here. And it almost seems like in this movie, they set him on a path of becoming a father. It's just a matter of who the mother's going to be. But, um, then they reconvene on the ship and... There's a freaking badass hallway battle between the Guardians and a bunch of, like, fucked-up experiments from the High Evolutionary that takes place in a hallway. Cue Beastie Boys. That was really cool. That was one of the best Guardians scenes, uh, action scenes, in any of the three movies. But... Um... What was I gonna say? Oh, yeah, going... To the design for the high evolutionaries creatures, I these are the ones that kind of look like Five Nights at Freddy's, like very yeah, mangled, very uh, robotic looking animals. I think it was was it Joe? No. Someone had said that. Oh, it was be uh, Rocksteady and Bebop from uh, Ninja Turtles.
0: I think it was Kevin. Yeah, Kevin. I think Kevin. Kevin had it was said either it. Kevin or Matt. One of those two said it,
1: but. It, they really did look like a fucked up version of those two, but um, it just goes to show how horrifying the High Evolutionary really is. Um, and then after the hallway scene, they start to evacuate all of the um, the kids, and once the kids and the people are off, I think it was Gamora, one of them had said, okay, time to go, and then Rocket stumbles upon the the animals and he's like well not everybody's off the ship
0: yeah i thought that was really cool
1: too and and rocket goes back into the animal cells and finds a whole crate full of baby raccoons
0: which i think that was that was really cute it was
1: the cutest thing i've seen
0: it was cute and touching definitely
1: (laughs) yeah and then there's a there's a guardians fight against the high evolutionary and they whoop his ass pretty much Um, I will say, was it, who was it? Was it Gamora? One of the most brutal things I saw, other than them shooting Lila, um, was somebody peeled off the High Evolutionary's face to reveal, like, a pretty fleshy...
0: That was, I think it was Nebula. Was it
1: Nebula? Um, because essentially... He wears a face on top of his face because in when rocket was originally escaping the high evolutionary when he was in a lab experiment, he basically clawed the shit out of his face
0: after he shot
1: after he shot all of his friends, yeah, after he had shot and killed all of his friends um, so a lot of fucked upness yeah. for sure yeah. um.
0: Those were pretty, uh,
1: some stomach wrenching moments for sure. I did not, I loved the hell out of it, but it was, it was one of those things where not everybody's going to be able to stomach that.
0: Yeah. It was definitely like kind of tough. It was tough. It was,
1: it was, it was dark and tough to watch. Yeah. Like I had mentioned earlier, it was the it's it's the mature the most mature movie out of the three of them for sure.
0: Yeah, I definitely agree with that.
1: In in dealing with some very mature topics of animal cruelty and animal experimentation. Um But overall, man, I'm I'm still trying to figure out if I like it better than the first one. It's certainly very close. And this one is definitely in my top five Marvel movies right now. I'll let you know if there is a change when I go to rewatch it, but right now it's set in pretty high.
0: Yeah, it's, uh, I think it definitely... The story was really good. Uh All the comedy and emotional moments were really good, mm-hmm. like... I think overall, it was just, it was the end to a solid trilogy.
1: Mm -hmm. It was a perfect swan song for James Gunn. Yeah, perfect swan song for James Gunn. And most of the Guardians.
0: It actually got me a little, I mean, a little more excited to see what he's going to do with DC. Mm -hmm. Because, like, after watching his movies, like, everyone kind of knows how James Gunn is with his movies. But this one was kind of like...
1: This one had less goofiness than the, the other ones. Yeah. And let, I would say less stylized. Yeah. Um, we can talk about the end and then kind of where we think it's going to go. And then we'll yeah. go into Easter eggs. Um, the ending, I I mean, I should expect it with Marvel. Because the one issue I have with Marvel is they're very afraid to kill off their heroes. Nobody ends up dying. Um, but they all end up It And I actually like the way they ended this. Um, all the guardians almost go their separate ways. So, um, Mantis goes out on her own. Does I, uh, uh, yeah, Mantis goes off on her own. Mantis
0: goes off on her own.
1: Um, Star Lord ends up going to visit his grandfather on Earth because he hasn't been to Earth since he was eight. Um, and which was, I
0: that I, as soon as that happened, I I, I was Ray I lost started, that, I started crying. Uh-huh. I started crying. It was so, like, just touching and, like, it was, like, a good...
1: It gave him closure. It was, yeah. That's what story. I think that's what it was. Yeah, it was just closure. Like, and it shows especially that... Especially
0: when he got there and he knocked on the door and the woman answered and I was like, oh, God, please, please don't tell me he's dead. And then she's like, no, he's right back here. Mm-hmm. And I was like...
1: Oh. In that moment alone, I thought was fascinating because there were lines throughout the movie about how he didn't want to go back to earth because his grandfather pushed him away from his mother and yeah it was who was it nebula that had or no it was probably it was mantis that was basically saying no he was trying to protect you that's why he pushed you away from your mother when she died and then he has this really beautiful reconvening moment with his grandfather Who's his only blood... Well, Mantis is his blood too, but... Yeah. His only Terran-based family that he's got left. Um, Rocket ends up leading a new, fo- new team of Guardians.
0: And Nebula and Drax are in charge of nowhere now. Yeah. Which I think is a really good, like... Even good character arc for Drax, too. Mm-hmm. Like, now he kind of has, like, a home and a family. Mm-hmm. And he's in charge of, Like, even Nebula said you're... The one who's going to have to help these children. Yep. And Gamora's back with the original Ravagers yep. again. And I think, like, we were talking about this on the way home yesterday. Like, the way they set it up is you could basically do, like, a whole Marvel Cosmic movie line. You know? mm-hmm. Like, with how everyone is set up.
1: And I've been thinking that that's what they were going to do for a while.
0: And it's not like... It's not like you can't bring them back either like they're easy to bring back yep you know mm-hmm. so i think the way they set everything up especially like with the ends so there's two two or three end credits i can't well, remember
1: before bef- two but before we get to that there one three. of the things i did not expect but like looking back at the movies now it makes a little bit of sense i think they were trying to set up a romance between drax and mantis towards the end there because they have that dancing ceremony right and sh- mantis is the only one not dancing he's not dancing and if we look back at the first one he I don't fell I in- it's a dancing ceremony everyone's just whatever dancing. it's dancing but they they're, they're <laughs> the only two that aren't I think dancing
0: think of Drax's home planet when he has the dancing ceremony
1: yeah but at the end dancers here though Right, but everybody's dancing but those two.
0: I don't, I, I'm gonna disagree with And the with you way on that. he
1: looks at her. I'm gonna disagree with you on I'm that. I'm thinking they're setting up a romance between the two of them. I I disagree with you, 100%. Yeah?
0: I think it's just a, like a friendship. Like, okay. Cause like even Drax in the fir- in the second one, like they're just having fun with each other. Right. And even in the holiday special, they're just having fun with each other. And even but this I one. I think
1: they grew closer in this
0: one. Yeah, they're friends, man. Mm. Okay, I don't there, think there's I'm, any kind. Of, I'm predicting when, the future. <laughs> when he sees Mantis leaving, he's sad because his—that's his best friend.
1: But the look on his face, though, there—there there looked like a little bit of like longing there.
0: I'd be sad if my best friend was leaving too. I think there's a little bit of no, romantic I don't, I don't longing
1: there. I don't agree with that at all. Anywho, I don't. It was weird though because I don't think she was like leaving the planet, right? Yeah, she she's took, going off on her own adventures. I don't understand it's her... Mantis movie now. Yeah, but I don't understand where her story could go on her own. Yeah, but it, she explained it, though. Yeah, yeah I don't know. What, I think, what do you mean? I think she should have just stayed on nowhere with him.
0: No, I think... I agree. I think Mantis... So even she said, I've been stuck on ego my entire life. Right. Like, being bossed around by Ego, uh-huh. and then she's like, then and I joined the you the guys, and and the not like they bossed her around, but like they had her help out with places. Mm. She's been doing stuff for other people her entire life, and now she wants to do something for herself. And if you think about it, she hasn't even really explored anywhere. She's mm. been either stuck on Ego or stuck with the Guardians, so now she can kind of like set on on her own and do her mm. own adventures and find the world.
1: I mean, they did show in it's this her, movie... Uh, it's
0: her Eat, Pray, Love tour.
1: They did show her the... Eat,
0: Pray, Mantis love.
1: Oh, God. Oh! <laughs> I will say, though, this movie really did explore the fact that she doesn't need anybody to protect her based on how she used her combat in this movie. Yep. And her manipulation, so I can see that. Um. However, now we can go to the the post-credits... Uh, I thought there ones. were three. Is there really just two? There's only two. The f- the first one was what was oh the first one was. Um, Rocket. The first one is the new the new Guardians, Guardians of, of the, the galaxy. galaxy, defending this desert town from a horde of like little, stampeding wolf, creatures wolf
0: creature
1: things. And it was it's Rocket. Rocket Groot. Groot.
0: Adam Warlock. Yep. Craglin. Phi Lavelle. Yep. And the little pet.
1: Yeah, the pet thing yeah, that looks like thing. something out of an anime or a, a Studio Ghibli film. <laughs> yeah, the pet thing. Um,
0: Which I think it's interesting to figure out where that took place mm-hmm. because Phi Lavelle has pure, like, she can speak normally, mm-hmm. like a regular person, instead of saying choop choop or chip chip, whatever she says. <laughs> And Adam Warlock seems a little more smarter now, mm-hmm. to the point where he's talking about like music with, with Rocket. Yeah. And not even to mention the fact that King is, le- uh, Groot's like King
1: Groot now, because he's like... Yeah, he, could, he had like, he could form or camouflage into a rock.
0: <laughs> so like, that's a whole nother thing.
1: Yep. So I
0: think that, like, it's, I want to figure out where that part took place. And because
1: I, the... And the thing that I loved about that scene was that Rocket was, like, almost teaching the team and utilizing Peter's love of music. And you can tell that I he loves music I was now. almost
0: ready for a
1: little raccoon to, to be there with him. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, give me another raccoon. Yeah. I I love... Rocket has always been my favorite through the three movies, but this just made me love him even more.
0: Yeah. Yeah, he definitely did good. I think I think it it definitely sets up a good next step for what they're going to do with this not this maybe this franchise or maybe
1: even Marvel mm-hmm. Cosmic all alone. I hope they do Marvel Cosmic all on its own, but you can definitely tell with even Guardians or uh Rocket's new Guardians, there's like essence of oh, we're going to team up with the Young Avengers. Because you have all younger I know you don't want to do it, but it has those those notes there. Don't I don't, don't want it, but don't, don't. And you know what you know what I thought was weird? What? They didn't
0: even like mention about being on Earth during Infinity War and Endgame. No. Like that was a whole like they didn't there even were, talk about it. Right.
1: There was like a couple of notes of like Thanos lines, but nothing else.
0: Like it's like cuz in end game like Nebula and Rocket are still talking to like the Avengers in it. Mm-hmm. Like like it's mm-hmm. like it's normal. Yeah, like and, there's like, no There's no like I'll uh, be... uh, Go ahead. Uh, so what well, <sighs> it just it didn't make any sense. They they
1: didn't address like And like
0: especially yeah. with Nebula's upgrades Like, Mm -hmm. I was like, at first when I thought, when I saw it, I was like, oh, she's got Star Tech. Oh, she's got like upgrades from Stark Mm -hmm. or like Rhodey or someone. But then she says, oh yeah, Rocket
1: upgraded me. I wonder if Rocket upgraded her though, borrowing.
0: But it reminds me of what, like James Gunn said in one of his interviews, was that he didn't like what the Russo brothers did with the Guardians in Infinity War and Endgame. Mm -hmm. Which makes no sense because he was, in a, he was in an EP on it.
1: Right. And I think specifically he didn't like what they did with Peter. And Gamora. Yeah.
0: But, but see, that but makes I, no sense because he was he was an EP I, on but it. But you
1: know what though? I also read, and I don't know how true this is. This could be just a bullshit article. But I also heard that James Gunn wanted to kill off Gamora in Volume 2. But Marvel wanted to do more with her so they killed off Yandu instead. Which I don't think makes sense, because I think if you're gonna kill off Gamora, it's gonna have to have something to do with Thanos. I don't
0: know,
1: but um, I don't know. It
0: just it was really weird that they didn't mention anything about their time mm-hmm. with Earth and the Avengers, and they don't even they didn't even talk about being with Thor either. Nope.
1: Yeah, Thor was no mention of like Thor, it's theory. really
0: it's just it's just really weird, I, and it it's it's not that it left like a weird taste in my mouth. But I was like, this doesn't make sense because you have, right, they they spent time with the Avengers in Endgame. Uh-huh. At least Nebula and Rocket did. Then you go to Thor Love and Thunder, uh-huh. where they're having adventures with Thor. Then you have the Holiday Special, which is, you know, they don't even mention it in the Holiday Special. Uh-huh. So, like, I feel like James Gunn pretty much just ignored what happened uh-huh. in Endgame and, uh... Thor Love and Thunder, and just picked it up from the holiday special, Mm -hmm. but also, that doesn't kind of add up, because if you're thinking of it linearly, like, if you think of it like, if you don't count Infinity War and Endgame, then the Volume 3 makes no sense in comparison with the timeline, Mm -hmm. because then, you know...
1: Yeah, and I wonder It's just if they, weird that he didn't include any ju- of it. Right, and I wonder if they just threw out the whole Thor thing because the Guardians were in Thor Lone Thunder for a little bit. Like, five minutes, if that. But it could but be, I mean, but it's still, still a throwaway. Like, it's still
0: a throwaway. Like, he still no. was flying around with them.
1: Mm-hmm. And I, I know we're going to talk about it in a second, too. One of the things that they dropped completely off, especially with Peter's character, they might acknowledge it in his movie or TV show or whatever they're going to do with him. But one thing I did notice that they completely dropped off was in Volume 2, there was a, a couple lines when he was still had the, the celestial power of eternity in that goal. I'm surprised they didn't bring that back, too. Because that seemed like a, too big of a term to just throw away. I know Thor, Love, and Thunder... Up eternity, yeah, but he lost but, his
0: powers, though.
1: Right, but that thought still wouldn't have gone away, though. And I wonder if they'll explore that. I think it, it
0: would have. Uh, I mean, he lost all of his powers when Ego right. died, so he's just a normal dude now.
1: Yeah, but still, he could still have that urge to explore eternity, human or not. I do agree with that. Um, a lot of disagreement today. I don't know how um, I feel about this. um but again though let's just skip to the last end credit scene where peter's with his grandfather reading the newspaper i was laughing too hard so i didn't hear what they were talking about he was complaining about having to mow the lawn because i guess the guy that his grandfather had hired hadn't come yet and he didn't want to end up having to do the yard work oh really and I was laughing too hard at the part at that part. The so only couldn't... like notable part I saw on that was that his grandfather was reading a, the newspaper, and the article on the front was um... Uh, uh, Kevin Bacon talks about like, induction. The Kevin the Kevin Bacon scenario, um, and then uh, pan out of that scene, and then a title card comes up: the legendary Star Lord will return. Now the Guardians just Star Lord.
0: Telling you I I think there's there's def they definitely have the makings for a, a Star Lord solo movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, maybe yeah, I don't know. Because if you think about it and you know what I I would think it's hilarious if it's him on Earth and he's just restless. Mm-hmm. Cuz he wants to go back into space. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Cuz I think that would work out really mm-hmm. good.
1: I think so too. I I was actually surprised that he was the one that is basically confirmed to have a further project.
0: It doesn't that doesn't surprise me.
1: It only surprises me because of how popular Chris Pratt is right now. And how long he's been playing that character. Cause you would think that he his schedule's pretty fucking filled up.
0: Yeah, but I mean to I don't think they're going to another, another Jurassic movie.
1: No Jurassic well no Jurassic you movie. say that now.
0: What's What's that Amazon thing he did that I heard didn't do too Tomorrow well?
1: Tomorrow War? It was actually kind of good. I I enjoyed it. I mean,
0: I heard it was good, but I hear it didn't do well. So I no. don't know if there's
1: going to be another one. No, but he's still. um... I mean, I'm sure he's got more Mario projects coming up down the pipeline. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even do that on purpose either. <laughs> um, I know he's. um... I lost it. I know he's got some sort of deal with Netflix or Amazon too to do more action films. Um and kinda of just throwing this out there. Maybe he could be put in line for being the next Indiana Jones too. Yeah. No, you don't think so? I'm not feeling it. But um I think it needs to end with this one. Oh, I think so too. It just, Especially no. with the trailer. But I'm
0: just saying, like don't even call him Indiana Jones, call no, him, call him Ranger else. Rick or something like that. I don't know. Or call do him Cave Explorer Man, like there you go.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It ends with him. <laughs> and the trailer for the new one looked really good. Yeah, I'm really I think it'll be a it. a perfect ending for him, but Yeah. Um I mean, yeah, maybe, I guess, but I I personally think he's busy. Of all the actors in Guardians I would have thought he would not want to continue. Other than Dave Bautista cuz I know Dave Bautista is a very big advocate for James Gunn and he won't do it without James Gunn.
0: Yeah, I mean but I mean you pretty much have everything set up.
1: Yeah. You could have three or four different movies or TV shows whatever you want to do.
0: Yeah. I mean like I said it's a it's a solid trilogy. Mm-hmm. I there's nothing even after watching the first two again Like, I mean, I know the second one's always, like, a weird taste in the mouth, but, like, I actually enjoy. I think Mm -hmm. I enjoyed it more. Yeah, like... Because there was parts in it where I was like, oh, yeah, I forgot about that. Like, that was really cool. And then,
1: like... The second one was the weaker of the three, but that doesn't mean it was a bad movie. It was actually a pretty great You can't all have a solid
0: trilogy like Captain America. Oh, my God. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not wrong. (laughs)
1: That's fair. (laughs) I'm not wrong. That's fair.
0: Like, you just can't, like, you know? Uh,
1: yeah. I mean... I don't know. I, I hope that they do keep the Cosmic separate. Yeah. From yeah, I hope
0: they... I think that they should definitely do that. Because, like, that's what happened, like, after... Like, Abnett and Lanning were doing the Annihilation, their first book. Then they kind of, like, did their own kind of, like, Marvel Cosmic era. I would
1: love... Where they were
0: doing, like... They were doing like Annihilation. They did Nova. They were working on Guardians of the Galaxy. And then they had Annihilation. There's so many cosmic characters they could do.
1: Spawn out of that, yeah. They could do so many cosmic characters. And it kind of
0: sucks because Marvel Cosmic, even in the comics, has just been dead now. Like, I mean, now now it's kind of resurgence because you have the new Guardian series that I think. Mm -hmm. uh, Who's doing it? I forgot who's doing it. I don't know if it, it. no, Kev Walker is doing the art. But I forgot who's who's writing it. But now you have that and you have the new Groot series. Uh-huh. And then I think they're going to do... Um,
1: they, yeah, I was going to say they just rebooted the Guardians. One and I, I have to pick that up tomorrow. Yeah, the new issue. I haven't read it yet.
0: But, I mean, like, they, they have stuff they can do.
1: Uh-huh. You know? I think they... It, it, and one of the reasons I also love this movie, too, is... There's no fucking Kang nonsense going on. This is completely separate. And I think Guardians in general did a really good job of establishing what the Marvel Universe looks like on a cosmic scale. Yep. But the problem is, I don't, I mean, Infinity War, Endgame, okay. Like, if you put it in the context of finding the Infinity Stones, they did all right. But everything else doesn't really touch the cosmic aspect of it. And I think there's a lot to explore with it. And a lot of the really good villains is more on the cosmic side than anything.
0: Yeah, I can definitely agree with that.
1: So I don't think you need to get the Guardians involved with Kang at all. Yeah. Keep it separate and then build up this like celestial cosmic threat that they've been doing through Guardians and also Eternals. Yeah. I don't really count Captain Marvel because they blow, but you know, <laughs> yeah. but Captain Marvel's still cosmic.
0: Yeah, that's true. Cosmic, I mean, there was a lot also, of Kree in there, so. Yeah.
1: But yeah, I mean, I'm excited for the Marvel cosmic side of things to continue. Yeah.
0: I I would definitely say this was a ten out of ten trilogy. Good send off mm. for
1: everyone. Yeah, it's a solid.
0: It wrapped everything up. Like, if there's no more, they wrapped everything up really good.
1: Story building, character development, emotional writing, it's all fantastic.
0: Yep. I feel like that's the kind of thing we would expect from James Gunn now.
1: I think maybe for people who get triggered by animal abuse, I think they pushed it a little too hard. But I still appreciate the concept.
0: And it makes me excited to see what he's going to do with DC now. Especially with
1: creature commandos. (laughs) Yeah.
0: Yeah. I can't wait to read that. I picked up that graphic
1: novel. I can't wait to read that. Yeah. When we come back, Star Wars. Well, first and foremost, happy Star Wars Day, everybody. May May the 4th be with you all. May the
0: 4th be with you all.
1: And to start our Star Wars Day, we pretty much binged the second season of Visions that released today.
0: Wasn't that bad? It was like, what, two, two, three hours? Two and a half hours? Yeah, something like that. Yeah, it was two about, about two and a half hours.
1: Nine episodes. All of them are between, I think, 11 and 18 minutes. I think the longest one was 20. Maybe 20? Yeah, 20. Yeah, the longest and, one was 20. Yeah. Um, overall, I think it was better than the first season.
0: I, yeah, I definitely think it was better than the first season.
1: I liked seven of the nine episodes.
0: Also, seven of the nine episodes. We all liked the same yeah. seven of the nine episodes. We
1: we both agreed seven on... Seven of
0: nine. There's a reference for you, Ian. Star Trek. I got you. <laughs> I got you, buddy.
1: We, we agree on, I think, the best episode and one of the worst episodes. Yep. And everything in between, we couldn't rank. So, literally, what we're going to do is just go one by one and talk about each one. Yep. The animation studio that did it. And for those of you who don't know what Star Wars Visions is, it's basically an anthology series for Star Wars where different animation studios get to do their take on a Star Wars story. That's a pretty good description, yeah? Yeah. Yeah, yeah
0: and it's, it's so... They're basically from, like, a bunch of, like... And they're not, like... Each animation studio is a different animation studio, yep. so it's not the same... And I think this season actually had different ones than the first season, because mm-hmm. I was looking through it and I was like, "Oh, I don't think I recognized any of these on the, like in the first season." Because I was, the only one I th- believe was the same, is uh, actually no, there's none of the same. They're all they're all new ones, so. Uh, it's pretty cool because there are animation studios from around the world, so it's not like just Japanese animation or English mm-hmm. animation, it's like people who live in France doing infima- uh, animation, people who live in this part of the world doing animation, mm-hmm. so, um, so yeah, let's kick it off here. Uh, first episode is called Sith, and we're reading this from the Disney Plus menu, because at the time of recording right now, there is like no... Descriptions on Wikipedia, which we do use um,
1: about the episode, so mm-hmm. the
0: description for this one is a former Sith apprentice finds their peaceful life threatened
1: and this was one of the ones that w- is higher on my list. Um, this one had a very cool hand-drawn like watercolor painting style of animation yeah. it was almost like you were watching a, a painting. And essentially, it follows this this female, what we thought was a former Jedi. Yep. Um, Turns out she was um, a Sith at one point, but she's basically been chilling, doing painting, um, trying to stay out of everybody's way. And then she stumbles upon um, a Sith that crash lands on her planet. Um, I think they end up, like, Destroying the antenna array or something like that. When she's going to, f- and when she's going to try to fix it, she sees her former, her former Sith master, um, and then they go at it for a bit. Um, ultimately, ends up defeating him, and setting her own. I guess the whole lesson of the story was that she can paint her own path.
0: Yeah, which was really cool because they used a lot of cool vis- visualization mm-hmm. in. It. Between the animation style and even like when she was painting, like she kept seeing the outline of like dark, mm-hmm. dark eyes, and then when her Sith master mm-hmm. shows up, you know she sees those were the same eyes mm-hmm. that she's envisioning when she's painting, and I think this was really like this was really good, mm-hmm. like this was my, my number one my number for the, one longest, for the time. longest until we reached a couple more episodes in, but this one was. And even even the inclusion of, like when she showed her double sided lightsaber
1: mm-hmm.
0: with gold and red, saying you can like almost like you can walk both paths, like mm-hmm. there is balance to both of them.
1: And one of the things I liked about her character in general is it doesn't suggest that she's good and it doesn't suggest that she's bad. She's just wanting yep. to do her thing. Yep. Which and I, then I think the Sith is a cool thing her.
0: to use in the Star Wars universe. Mm-hmm. Like you don't need to necessarily be Sith. Or Jedi.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: You can be whatever you want
1: to be. Yeah. Or, and, like,
0: I like the Grey Jedi. hmm
1: And her peace is interrupted by her Sith, so she does what she needs to to get rid of him. Yep. Yep. She wants to be left alone, and, and somebody comes to hunt her down, and he pays consequences for it. And she doesn't do it in a a, a pacifistic way. She basically kills him. Or oh, she yeah. does she, kill him. yeah. Uh, <laughs> Although hit her her former Sith master's lightsaber was cool too because it, was, it wasn't quite like a broadsword but the the handle had like curves to it that suggested that it might have been yep but it wasn't exactly um and before we go on to I think what we should mention too is I don't know if these are canon or not but it is sometimes difficult to tell where in the timeline they would be. Yeah.
0: I don't I think they I don't think nothing nothing really says anything. I mean, the only kind of thing you see is the Jedi symbol here and there. Mhm. But that's it. Yeah, like, on I don't, this don't think episode, it, you don't
1: know where it really is.
0: Yeah, a lot of them did kind of feel like it takes place like after Revenge of the Sith. Mhm.
1: But some of these did I feel like could have happened could before. Could have happened before. Um and the other thing too I'll quickly mention before we move on to the next one was her droid was pretty fucking creepy too <laughs> I
0: liked her droid it was cool
1: the The droid was cool but it looked a little creepy because it was like black with what three or four spider-like legs and then a red eye but yeah I mean this was um this this is probably number two yep
0: uh so the animation studio for this one is L. Guri Studios which is a studio that is based out of Spain. Um, it says that on their website that they have worked on, um, the Troll Hunter series. Hmm. Um, which I think, think Guillermo del Toro do that. It says in here that they that he
1: did work. I wouldn't surprise it. me. It um, out of Spain, especially.
0: Incredibles, Wally, e Ratatouille, and Cars. So it sounds like oh, they have shit. a pretty good rapport with Disney Pixar mm-hmm. so
1: this is one of those that I would like
0: you know what? now that I think about it
1: it almost did have some like walliness to it yeah a little bit um I would love to see more of this storyline to be honest with you before or after
0: and the uh <clears throat> the guy who worked on this one uh was Rodrigo Blas who is actually one of the co-founders of El Guri Studios okay so um he wrote and directed it.
1: That's cool.
0: Yeah, so that's pretty cool. Um next one we have is nice. called Screecher's Reach. And in, go, go ahead.
1: ahead. No, you you, no, go, you go. No no you got you got it, you got
0: it. Uh Screecher's Reach in which a young girl out on an adventure with her friends discovers a legendary cave with
1: a dark pole. Again, another solid episode. Yep. Um this one. Was interesting because it was almost like you were watching a children's storybook. The way the um, animation was, it was very like hand drawn, but with storybook like colors put in there. Um, I liked this one a lot because it was almost like a a Star Wars ghost story. Yeah. And you wouldn't have guessed it was Star Wars until towards the end where the kid basically has a calling to go to this this cave and in the cave is this creepy ghost-like thing that you find out is a Sith. She ends up killing this, like, wraith-looking Sith and then takes the Sith's lightsaber and... She climbs out of the cave, finds out she's Force-sensitive, and then at the end, this other, whatever was calling to her from her pendant, comes down to the planet and basically takes her under her wing. Long story short.
0: And it's, we both think that it's another Sith.
1: Yes, because the pendant, when it was talking to her, radiated Radiated red. red. So we think it was a Sith. But, um, and she, and her new master says that she can keep the old Sith's lightsaber.
0: Yeah, this was a fun one. Uh, I definitely really liked the animation style. Mm -hmm. Because it almost felt like one of those, like, old, like, Flash 2D animation Mm kind of things. Um, I think the story was really good, especially because, like, I'm always a sucker for kids on an adventure. So, like, um, yeah, no, that was really good. I liked it a lot.
1: Um. It does have that, and you'll find throughout the rest of this season when we go to talk about it that a lot of the endings are very similar. Yeah. Um, But she basically leaves leaves her friends
0: with the Eric, Eric trope of why does everyone have to be
1: force sensitive? Thank you. That too. In a series called Star Wars. Yeah. (laughs) Everybody is, and this kid leaves her friends that she's been with for a long time. Has the sudden realization that I have bigger and better purposes, and then takes off with what we think is a Sith to to go train with the Jedi, or the other Sith. Yeah. Um, And that sort of ending is going to be so in-your-face throughout this whole season. <laughs> but... Still a good episode. I still enjoyed it. Yeah, it was it. good. It was still enjoyable. It didn't, it didn't seem like Star Wars up I until the lightsabers I did like the
0: fact going. that there was like a looming threat that they didn't know what it yep. was until the lightsaber came in. And mm-hmm. Yeah, it was cool. Yeah,
1: it I almost it. didn't seem like Star Wars until the lightsabers came out, which I always appreciate.
0: Yeah. Uh, the animation studio on this one is called Cartoon Saloon, which is an Irish animation Ooh. Okay. Film studio. Which explains shout out the, to uh, my friend Rebecca who lives in Ireland.
1: Yeah, which explains of the video. accents on that one.
0: Yeah, and it actually they sound looks like they got a lot of cool stuff on here. I'm just flipping through their filmography here on uh, IMDb, and like, a lot of their stuff looks kind of cool. They got this uh, show called Skunk Fu, which it's basically Kung Fu Panda with a skunk. Hmm. Sounds pretty cool. But this uh, film that they were talking about here is called song of the sea that they worked on it's about a 10 year old irish boy who discovers that his sister is a selkie who has to help free fairy creatures oh
1: okay
0: it actually looks really good i actually might try to figure out how to watch that Mm -hmm. but yeah that animation studio was good i liked it a lot like even just looking at the the screen cap here on star wars vision on the disney plus site
1: here it just looks like it looks cool i like it I'm in. Next one. Number three is called In the Stars. Um, And it goes, Two sisters who are the last of their kind fight for survival when Imperial forces discover them. Now, this episode I loved until you get the Force-sensitive thing in there. Um, This had a very cool, almost like... I don't want to say stop-motion claymation type deal, but it almost... You know what it reminded me of? It reminded me of the animation style for, like, How how to Train Your Dragon.
0: Oh, my God. Let's keep talking, and then I need to talk about this.
1: Um, But basically, it's it's almost about a planet in the aftermath of when the Empire basically leaves it. So they have a bunch of pollution, water is, is tainted... The land is falling apart. And it almost had like a Native American tribal feel to the episode, which I really like that sort of thing. And then they go to confront the remaining empire that's on on their planet to kind of dump... I think it was like a chemical or something to purify the water, or it was water. And um, they end up infiltrating that facility so that they can clean up their land, which... At the end is what they do. However, we find out that both of them have the Force. Because
0: everyone has the Force. Because everybody
1: has the fucking Force.
0: <laughs> and their uh, land is clean again. I kind of liked it. I, I liked There it. was a lot of good, like, tribal vibes in it. Yeah. And I think I really liked that aspect of it. I mean, I thought the the fact that it's just these last two sisters and, like, because, like, the Empire came to their planet and basically tore apart the, the entire planet for resources. Mm-hmm. And, like, the fact that they can't get, like, any water or, like, anything like that. And, like, they lost their entire tribe and their entire family. And I did really like the the aspect of how the little girl, she doesn't, like, know any better. And she's like, yeah, you know, everyone's in the stars. And then the older sister is like... There's too much clouds in the sky and then like that end part where like once they tear the building down, the Empire building, all the the clouds go away mm-hmm. and there's everyone in the and stars. The, and
1: the and the planet is beautiful. I man. like that a lot. I like that a lot. And the way they used like the the cave like the cave drawing type stuff to to yeah. to explore what was going on in the planet was was awesome. Um yeah. Yeah, and then how like yeah, like you were saying, how they're lost ones they can't connect to anymore because there's smog and, and clouds everywhere so they can't see the stars where their ancestors are, and they've lost connection to their to their people. Overall again, another solid, solid episode.
0: And the animation studio is called Punk Robot. And they're based in Santiago, Chile
1: oh that's why i freaked out <laughs> well what is, what is their filmography
0: um they've done a bunch of like short films and stuff it's a lot of spanish
1: stuff okay um it had some how i how to train your dragon styles
0: uh yeah kind of like so when you look up i'm looking up their imdb and the only thing they've really worked on is like these four movies called bear story well in the Magic Book, I am Little Red in Flippos, but like this is the first thing like it. I'm sorry, I like I like immediately followed them on Instagram and Twitter mm-hmm. and like they put out this cool thing saying like thank you to you know Lucasfilm and Disney for letting them be a part of it and like that's really cool like mm-hmm. you know not just you know it's the homeland yeah. so you know I'm already all for it but. This is what I'm talking about. Like they, they have a lot of good animation studios from around the world that you don't even think about, like you yeah. don't even know about. But yeah, no, that's really cool. Um, Representing the country, I love it. <laughs> uh, the next one we have is I Am Your Mother, which is a young pilot named Annie, embarrassed by her clingy mom. Must team with her on a wild, madcap academy race.
1: Now, this is one I didn't think I was gonna like. This
0: was a a, a very pleasant surprise. This for me. one,
1: will, yeah, this one I got sold on, and I was surprised. Yeah. Because basically, they brought back not pod racing, but they had, they basically had a a spaceship race with all the families in in the town. And it's, it's that, and
0: it's also all the kids who are in, the. Um, Rebel fight Academy. Yeah. So like it's obviously during the 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 Republic era mm-hmm. with the Empire, but the fact that like which... there was no Empire in it mm-hmm. was really nice. It was refreshing because you don't get that a lot. Yeah. And this was really nice because also
1: Wedge tillies
0: Well, Wedge Antilles, which was also really cool. I didn't even check it if that was David Lawson doing the voice. I don't know.
1: But shout out to Matt and Ian who are obsessed, but Wedge and Tillys was in it. And I
0: think the fact that, you know, it was uh, just a fun adventure. And, like, it's obviously, like, it's definitely geared towards, you know, kids to try to pull kids in mm-hmm. to watch it. But, like, I, was, I loved it. I thought it was great.
1: And what brought me in was the fact that it it looked like basically Wallace and Gromit meets Star Wars. Oh, yeah. Because the yeah. animation style is like, that's Wallace and Gromit. Like, right from the get-go, that's what I saw. Yeah. And even... I mean, even some of the spaceship designs was kind of cool. I know they her mom was flying basically a Junker. But I, I also liked their Astromech, which was basically like a dog.
0: <laughs> yeah, almost like a uh, like a Slinky dog.
1: Yep. And then the "quote unquote evil family that was in the town. Their spaceship was like black and red and their their laser cannon was a mini Death Star. <laughs> yeah. But no, I I was surprised by this one. I did not think I'd like it and I was pleasantly surprised.
0: I can't tell if he if Dennis Lawson voiced him in this or not doesn't say anything
1: not one that maybe i don't know if i'd want a sequel to this one but it was good yeah
0: no it was uh it was just a fun little romp you know it's funny because you don't really like especially when it comes to star wars because it's always you know who's force sensitive here and you know all this that and the other thing and We're dealing with the Empire, and... But this was just, like, it was just a fun little... Fun little romp. Studio that worked on it is, in fact, Ardman Animations, who have done Wallace and Gromit, Shaun the Sheep. Okay, so... Um, So, uh, they are based out of Bristol, England.
1: It is confirmed that it was Lawson. It was Dennis Lawson.
0: So, that's cool, too. Like, I'm sure, like, especially being, uh... An England-based company, because I'm pretty sure he's British. Uh, yes. So, that's pretty cool that they were able to, I mean... Scotland. Scotland, Scotland yeah. Um, but yeah, so, Ardman Productions, like, obviously everyone knows Wallace and Gromit, Chicken Run, so... Um, it was pretty cool, because, you know, that's was such a big animation studio, I would have expected to be in the first season. hmm But,
1: uh... Next one we have... Oh, this is and this is my favorite and I think Ray's favorite too. It's called Journey to the Darkhead. A hopeful mechanic and dissolution Jedi team up for an unlikely quest to turn the tide of war. This to me was basically Avatar the Last Airbender meets Star Wars and it was fucking awesome. It opens up with um I think it was the mechanic who is with her master and how they're
0: no, it was, uh, was so it the mechanic Jedi? no there was nothing to do when they opened up with the mechanic. Okay. It was just how her her culture writes their history.
1: Gotcha. of their culture and they were talking about this dark head statue that is giving like a bunch of dark prophecies and and all her master was telling her to do was record it cuz they can't get involved. Yep. And then you focus on the mechanic and the Jedi who um are on the search for this statue and come into contact with the sith who the cool thing about the jedi in this was he was on the fence about being a jedi or a sith yeah and it was his former sith master that was coming after him and the sith design was so freaking cool
0: yeah it was really cool it, he was
1: like a red hooded guy with like a I don't even know how to describe the mask, but it was, like, a a lot of fabric that covered his mask. And then he had, like, a whip that was on the end of his lightsaber. Yep. And he actually ended up using the spike to stab a different Jedi instead of the actual lightsaber.
0: Yeah, it was... I really loved the design of it, and the story just, like, it kept me on the edge of my seat. Like, it was mm-hmm. just
1: it was gorgeous 100% like oh it was so
0: gorgeous it was so good but like I mean just the fact that you know I almost had like um uh like cause cause like when they talked about him like the first like when they talked about the young Jedi they were like oh he's got too much anger and I was like oh man please don't make him evil but even that was kind of like the Sith episode
1: mm-hmm.
0: like there's good and evil you just you need to find to the balance yeah. which i think that's such a cool message to have mm-hmm. like especially in this series mm-hmm. um but yeah and it, it, it even like almost queued it up for them to have more adventures mm-hmm. which was i was like
1: oh, i god, would love a feature length oh film oh my on god, that. god. Um, or just give me an anime series like that right Exactly. There is a couple on here that, and I think we were talking about this before, the way they set up Visions, they should just have a Star Wars anime studio. Yeah. And just focus on different companies doing their own anime and under I, that umbrella.
0: I do like the fact that he was, you know, after like watching all the Jedi get killed by this Sith, he he was like, what's the point, you know? Like, they're just going to kill us anyways. Right but, like, that he found, you know, that hope to go through.
1: Mm-hmm. And um, they end up getting to the two heads and how... I don't know what the purpose really was for the heads, other than to, like, symbolize the balancing of the Force, but... Well, her thing was if you cut the heads off, or
0: one of the heads, then, like, Order will come back to the
1: planet or something mm-hmm. like that. Like a folklore legend type of deal. Yeah. But, the fight on that bridge between the two heads in the sky was amazing.
0: Yeah, it was really good. Um, animation studio is called Studio Mir, uh, based out of South Korea in Seoul. Oh, interesting. Um, they worked on a lot of stuff that we know. Uh, Legend of Korra mm-hmm. worked on Black Dynamite season four, of The Boondocks, um, Young Justice Outsiders. Actually. Oh. Okay. Um. Uh, they helped work on the Harley Quinn series.
1: Okay.
0: Uh that's surprising. And they me. actually have done a lot of D C animation now that I look at it. Um they did the the first Death of Superman movie, uh Batman's Soul, of the Dragon. Uh they did the animated uh The Witcher Nightmare of the Wolf series. Or good. is that a movie or it's series? A movie. It's a movie. And they worked on a couple they're working on a lot of Mortal Kombat stuff it looks like here. Hmm. Um but yeah, no, it's solid uh, based, fi- based off favorite. their filmography here and the animation style solid yeah
1: it was solid it was, it was my favorite episode uh
0: yeah i mean it, i mean i don't know if we're ranking them i still th- i still like the sith one better though oh,
1: see i like this one slightly above the sith one it's, it's close though yeah
0: i mean i really like the sith one i just thought it was just so well done Next one is called The Spy Dancer. Uh, the premier dancer at an Imperial frequented cabaret is tested when her identity, identity is compromised.
1: I actually like this one a lot more now that I think about it than I originally said this I did.
0: This was, was
1: definitely
0: different. a... I would definitely say a pleasant surprise for me.
1: Yeah, and it's it's got kind of like the French cabaret vibe. There's this performer who is performing for a bunch of... Um, I don't know if it's Empire. Yeah, I think it's Empire. Um, imperial troops and commanders. And she's basically doing this like aerial show, which is actually not out of the ordinary. A lot of people do aerials. Um, Your sister does, doesn't yeah, she? Yeah, my sister does them.
0: Have you been to one?
1: Have I been to one? No. Yeah. I have not. I just know what they are. but, um, And... She almost is like a spy because she was like seen putting like I don't know if they were communicators or bugs or like little bombs on all the stormtroopers, but as she was like they were like uh, little or tracker little tracker kind of things, and then her show gets interrupted when she sees that there's a commander on the balcony that she thought was the one who took her son away, Um, and meanwhile the. I don't know if it's, like, a group of rebels or uh just her studio, stage crew or whatever. Um, They're getting ready to pack all of their shit out to leave, and they have, like, a bunch of weapons underneath, underground. But she comes to find out when she goes to attack the general that it's not who she thought it was, and it's actually her son who becomes an imperial commander.
0: Yeah. I liked it a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, I think based off, you know... The animation style first and foremost, I thought it was great. I liked the almost sketchiness kind of of it. Uh,
1: as, yeah, as you well, know what was, I mean, like yeah, it was it, like it definitely had a sketch. Definitely
0: feel. had like that hand drawn feel, where everything was like you know big and flowy and looked really cool. I definitely enjoyed uh, the story too because especially right up to the end, like. Mm-hmm.
1: There's there's a couple of twists in it that made that elevated it. I think.
0: Yeah. Oh yeah. Definitely. No. It almost it almost made the story feel more like uh, not like whole, but you know mm-hmm. more more depth. Yeah. To it because especially up until that part where she goes to try to kill him, and then she realizes who it is. And I think that was really cool too, and it almost set it up for more at the end too with a little cliffhanger. So, um, but yeah, no, that was uh, that was really
1: good. I would I would like to see more out of that storyline. Oh yeah, definitely. No, a hundred percent. I I agree with you on that one. Next one is called uh, Oh No, Animation Studio. Yeah, I'm real jumping f- the gun.
0: <clears throat> no, that's cool, man. Uh, so the Animation Studio is uh, La Cachette animation studio um i believe they're in france i was gonna say that's... i'm pretty sure it
1: was france It
0: sounds french um yeah they're out of uh based out of france yep um they're actually they've done a lot of stuff that I'm, we probably have even seen that we didn't even know um so they worked on Primal, that January uh, oh, Taratowski series. Yep, that was great. Um, they also uh, worked on uh, an episode of Love, Death, and Robots. I think it was season two.
1: Okay.
0: Uh, the Sucker of Souls episode. Yeah,
1: not ringing any bells. And
0: they actually did an Adventure Time episode too. Hmm, interesting.
1: Um,
0: but yeah, I mean, I based off, it's it's really fun looking at the animation studios for these because, like, some of them, I'm like, I don't even know that they did this. Mm-hmm.
1: Like,
0: I don't even know that they helped work on Primal.
1: Yeah, I had no idea. I wouldn't have thought of it. Primal's so good. Primal's very good. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, next one. Bandits of Golak. Gulak. Pursued by the Empire, a boy and his four sensitive younger sisters seek refuge at a vibrant Dahaba. I apologize if I'm mispronouncing that. This one, I was not a huge fan of. Um, I do appreciate that there's definitely a Middle Eastern culture vibe to it. Yes. They definitely took in some Middle Eastern culture from here. Um, It definitely looked a lot like um, Clone Wars animation or... Not rebels. Yes. Uh Clone Wars animation and, and Bad Batch animation. Um it basically follows a a boy and his sister going from one place to another, trying to smuggle themselves into um a different town by train. The little kid the little sister ends up using the force accidentally, doesn't realize the consequences for her actions, and then the Empire are basically up their butts for a bit. And then they get into this very Middle Eastern looking town and they're all eating. And then um, she accidentally uses, well, accidentally or on purpose, who knows, uses the force again to lift food up in the air. And then uh, an Inquisitor catches her and an Inquisitor with a couple stormtroopers approach them.
0: Yeah, I, I thought the story was good overall. Um, that was
1: predictable
0: It's definitely <laughs> predictable. uh I did like the view on the middle eastern culture yeah
1: that aspect was I especially
0: cool. like the fact that they incorporated a lot into it, mm-hmm. like between like um how the inquisitor looked with almost like a middle Eastern look. yeah, it kind of reminded me of and i don't know if it's stereotypical to say this, like he kind of reminded me of like Jafar,
1: either that or the villain from um Anastasia, yeah, yeah.
0: But like it almost had like that kind of look, and I did like the fact that um they had like a lot of the culture there. Yeah, I mean it's uh, unfortunately like it's the whole the whole tongue in cheek thing. Like everyone's force sensitive, like, right? Because
1: then there's this getting old... to the point where. There's this old lady who comes out and protects them from the Inquisitor. She ends up being she, a Jedi. Oh, she's a Jedi. And then she opens up a secret Jedi door and takes the little kid to train under her because she is the Force. It's and that's why again, her brother
0: was bringing her the whole time. Mm-hmm.
1: It's another ending that was just like the other two episodes we talked about.
0: <laughs> yeah. And I mean, it's, it's, I mean, we can talk about it real quick at the end, but it's almost kind of like... It's almost like a trope. And it's I know it's hard to get out of it, especially in the universe of Star Wars, but the fact that you can you can pull so many different aspects, mm-hmm. like like even with uh, like with the with the racing episode, you can let's like mm-hmm. it's just bunch of bunch right. of rebel pilots who are training
1: right because you can't make the you can't make the argument that Visions is supposed to be all about Jedi because that's not true. Yeah. with There are episodes that have nothing to do with Jedis and some of them are actually on the top tier for them. So, that that whole... And and it's not even so much a trope that everybody's Force-sensitive. It's just that specific ending for me. I'm just like, ah, here we go again. Going off to train with the Master because you're Force-sensitive. It just... It, it gets... It's too predictable. It's too... Too predictable... Not very interesting anymore. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> going but the, off. But the fight in the sandstorm was cool.
0: Yeah, I thought that was pretty cool. Um, and going off of what they've worked on here, this is Studio 88,
1: uh, which... Did they do Kronoids?
0: I'm looking at... I'm trying to look at that right now. Uh, uh, doesn't really say where they're based out of. Oh, here we go. Uh, okay, so they are based out of India. Okay, so that makes sense. Yep, which does make sense. But it looks like they've worked on a slew of different things since, like, 2016. So, um, I guess they've helped work on uh, Shrek, Kung Fu Panda, Madagascar, How to Train Your Dragon. Interesting. Um. And it looks like, uh, you know, a lot of their stuff that they've kind of done here... Um, hasn't been too bad. They worked on a lot of the Troll Hunter series, it looks like. A lot of people working on Troll Hunter, huh? Yeah, I I, I haven't watched it. Is it I good?
1: Haven't, I haven't watched it.
0: Yeah, I haven't watched it either. I
1: don't know, this was.
0: Oh, they actually worked on the, the Usagi Chronicles. Ooh, I need to watch that.
1: Usagi Yojimbo. Hmm. Um. This is probably my. It's towards the bottom of my list.
0: They worked on. There was a Fast and the Furious. Show,
1: didn't know that. I wonder if it, I wonder if Vin Diesel
0: knows. <laughs> uh, so next one we have up on deck here is called the Pit. Uh, a young prisoner forced to dig for Kyber by the Empire plans an escape for he and his people. There's <laughs> <was laughs> a was lot it? of deep sighing
1: for that one. So, I was originally on board with this episode until the end, but. Um, it basically, it's it's just as it says, there's a bunch of people that are digging in a pit for the Empire to dig for kyber crystals, and then their pit becomes extremely deep, and then they've hit the bottom, and they're not finding any kyber crystals anymore, and the Empire's like, yep, we're good, Freeze the shackles, and then the Empire takes off, but there's no way for them to get out, because they've dug them, they literally have dug themselves into a hole, and... Uh, and they're located on the outskirts of a city that was built because they were mining these resources. And, um, yeah, that's the basic concept of it. And then the townspeople end up saving them in the end, but um, it lost me at the end because one of the inhabitants of the pit ended up being, again, force-sensitive, And it shows her with a kyber crystal and how she can turn it blue.
0: Yep. With that usual, uh, you know...
1: That usual ending. And it wasn't even the main character that gets these four sensitive powers. It's literally a little girl who literally was not in the episode almost at all. Yeah. It was basically focused on one kid, one guy who climbed up the wall to get them back their freedom and then... The Empire throws him in the pit and he dies.
0: Yeah, and then, like, right up until the end there where, like, they start chanting... What is it? See the light or something like that? Follow
1: the light. Follow, Follow the, the light. light.
0: Which, I mean, that was kind of predictable. And that, But then all the townspeople came and took a look. But, like, it also had, like, that old woman in the crowd who noticed, like, boy first. Mm-hmm. And then it looked like all the townspeople went back and then the old woman flew all the ships down Mm -hmm. to save them all and then it ended with you know kind of like a uh little graffiti artist thing about you know the kid who tried to help and that um yeah predictable i was not really too there was nothing really 100 percent too crazy special about it for me
1: yeah i mean I, I liked the concept until they had that fucking generic ending again. <laughs> yeah. Um, was it, and I know you'll go into this animation studio, but it looked a little bit like, um, not as good as the Avatar episode. It yeah. had that boondocks, that boondocks animation style. <clears throat> um, yeah. So
0: the, um, animation studio is called the Art. Sh- Shita- um i probably butchered that cuz i can't speak japanese uh based out of tokyo japan they have a pretty impressive uh portfolio here um pretty much they've worked on a a uh, good chunk of stuff uh obviously they worked on star wars visions but they also did uh the pokemon movie secrets of the jungle which i think that was the one that came out in 2020 uh, a movie called Indigo Ignited. Uh, they collaborated with The Weekend on uh, his Snow Child music video. Uh, actually, they did uh, the Nubian vs. Nubian episode of Diabolical. Oh, okay.
1: Hmm.
0: Which I that, that was that, that was, the, one, that of was ones. one of my favorite ones. Yeah, and uh, they worked on a Castlevania episode. Ooh, that's
1: where. Yep, I can see that.
0: Um. Yeah. Overall, it was okay.
1: Yeah. The animation again... was okay. Towards towards the bottom of my list there.
0: Yep. And it's either and that
1: one or the previous one we talked about is is the bottom one. And this
0: the last one here, this was uh This one surprised me. A pleasant surprise I think for both of
1: us. Um, it's on. called uh, Owl Song. Ow, owl ah, ow, 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 um, Uh it's about a child who longs to sing but must stay quiet because her voice can cause great calamity in the mines. This was a cute episode, and it was a bit different.
0: This was a a really pleasant surprise for me, I think.
1: Yeah, this one basically was about a daughter and, I'm assuming, her father. Yeah. Who work in this like mountain village cleansing kyber crystals.
0: Which was really cool,
1: mm -hmm. because
0: we didn't know that. (laughs)
1: <laughs> and they were, and the complaint was well, that they f-
0: no, they they find the kyber crystals, yep. and the Jedi come and cleanse them,
1: right? Because there's some that are, and we didn't know that the Sith are the ones that that uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, corrupted, corrupt. Thank you, corrupt the kyber crystals. Didn't know that was a thing. Yeah. So, oh yeah. No way. Yeah, and. Um, and then she get and she's not allowed to use her voice because whenever she like sings around a crystal, it starts like freaking out and causing damage. So she gets curious because she can't use her voice and, and ends up finding her way to this cave that has all these crystals in it. And then she starts to sing again while her father is mining them, and then they all of a sudden all turn, end up turning red. And, and the mountain starts to crumble. And then come to find out. When they're trying to escape. She uses her voice again. And she cleanses everything. I really liked. The
0: story. Mm-hmm. I thought the story was really good. Um, I. Was thrown off by the animation style. At the beginning. Mm-hmm. But then it really grew on me. Because we were talking about it. Like just looking at the level of almost like very, a stuffed animal come to life. Yeah. The texture It's
1: very textured. And which even is if cool. you're
0: when you're watching it, you're looking at the characters even compared to the background, mm-hmm. everything looks textured, everything looks soft, cuddly, like, oh, they brought my stuffed animal to life in this. Mm-hmm. And I thought it was kind of interesting, especially when they pulled the Jedi into it when she showed up, the fact that, you know, uh, she knew about the girl all along. Mm-hmm. And the father really didn't. He just knows that she's not supposed to, you know, yeah, sing. But I think it was a really good way to, like... And, of course, you know, we had the predictable story. And,
1: and then the ending, of course. She gets <laughs> under the wing of the Jedi to go train and figure out what the purpose of her voice is. And then she takes off away from Dad. Another fucking textbook Star Wars <laughs> ending.
0: But I mean, at the same time, it was it was good the way it was cool the way they did it all.
1: Yeah, I I did in in kind of piggybacking of off of what you said about the I'm gonna call it plushy.
0: Yeah, they are
1: plushy. <laughs> Pl- plushy style animation and then and plushy. Yeah. It's plushy. Throwing in the ba- the background animation being like almost hand drawn, not hand drawn but like I don't, I don't know two D animation compared to the plushy 3D style character models. It was it was a very interesting diverse animation style. Yeah. But it worked pretty well together too. Oh yeah, definitely. So, yeah, I maybe this would be my third favorite.
0: This was definitely a pleasant surprise for me.
1: Yeah, I I enjoyed that. One.
0: Definitely a pleasant surprise for me. Um the studio that worked on this one is called Triggerfish Animation and uh They've actually, looks like they've pretty much worked on a lot of stuff, especially for uh, Disney. So. Okay. Um, they've worked on, hold on, I had a list and then I lost it because I was looking at another list. So they're based out of South Africa and they also yeah. have a studio in Ireland, but they worked on uh, the series called Kumba, which I think was for Disney Plus. Okay. Um, I believe it's also Kizazi Moto, which is a basically big animation anthology. Um, uh, basically takes you on a trip through Africa.
1: Oh, that's cool.
0: Through Africa's history. I like that. Um, yeah, I mean, it's pretty cool. I liked, I liked the style. It was really good. I think overall, like th- there was a solid
1: series. Yeah, solid I, series. I I liked season two better than season one.
0: Yeah. Oh yeah, I'll definitely. Be bold I, I to say will one hundred percent agree with you on that one. Um, I think they had a lot of solid hits in here. Uh, but then you know a couple that we weren't one hundred percent cool yeah, but with. But
1: I'm I'm surprised as to how many of them I actually liked. Yeah. Because uh, especially, the like, we're pretty of them.
0: divisive. Like I know last year was it last year.
1: Last year I think out, season 1.
0: Last came year when season 1 came out, I remember we we did do an episode on it and we were very divisive on all of them. Mm-hmm. Even scrolling through them right now looking at them on the Disney Plus. Yeah, the uh, only one that we universally
1: here. liked was The Duel, I the think. The duel.
0: Yeah, I mean the rest of them were kind of hit or miss. Hit or miss. Village Pride was good I did like too. Village
1: Pride, yeah. Like the the and Elder the Elder, elder, was, elder, good elder too. was good too. <laughs> <laughs> But they definitely did not hit as well. They didn't hit
0: as many well notes, I think. And I don't know if maybe, maybe however, however the executives in Disney looked at it, maybe they said, oh, well, we didn't get as many good, you know, reviews on sites or whatever they do. They look at their metrics and they said, well, maybe let's more focus on something else. Yeah. You know.
1: Um. It definitely makes me want to see full length animation. Yeah, like really animes for some of these episodes. Like
0: definitely like I I wanted continuations of some stuff like Sith. The Sith episode, I would definitely watch a continuation of Screechers Reach, definitely. Um even the I Am Your Mother, I would watch more of a Bumbling Mom and Her Kid. Like that was Mm. hilarious.
1: Journey, Obviously, Dark Knight, Journey
0: Abs Even the Spy Dancer, like yeah. that was like those were all solid, and maybe Owl's song, but you know those were all just pretty, pretty give solid a,
1: episode. Yeah, give us full animes for them. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. If it's all, even if it's only a season. Yeah, and I uh, I will be curious though because I know for season one they actually had an author write a book for the duel episode. Yeah, I didn't read it. Did you? I haven't read it yet, but it's on my list. Yeah,
0: I did read the, the one shot comic that came out from it though, hmm. and it was really good. You should pick that up if you get a chance. Okay, um, but yeah, no. Other than that, like the last, the last season we were divisive. This one, this
1: one, uni- we're, we're pretty much almost
0: universally in tune with.
1: and almost a thousand.
0: Yeah, and speaking of universally in tune, we. Forgot to mention one quick thing in our Guardians of the Galaxy section, Cosmo was the star hit of the entire movie, <laughs> because we were talking about that when we were taking a break real quick. But Cosmo was the star.
1: Cosmo was great in her. Her and Kraglin's back their dynamic and forth were was great.
0: so good, like between him just telling her she's a bad dog and her trying to convince him that she's a good dog and. Mm-hmm. and they wouldn't let it go during the poker game which was also mm-hmm. pretty hilarious mm-hmm. because they had the the pawn shop guy from the first one yep. and our boy Howard the Duck was in it mm-hmm. and she's like I am a good dog say I'm a good dog he's like no you're a bad dog and she's like she's just like Arr. all cute Well, mm-hmm. yeah Cosmo was really good in Guardians of the Galaxy yeah. but we just talked about that and yeah. we mentioned we had to say it had to. we had to she's I a had good to. dog she is, She's a good dog. She is a good dog. Cosmo's been one of my favorite characters since the... I think she was in Annihilation. But she showed up prominently in the first volume of the uh, Abnett and Landing run. And then I was like, oh, Cosmo, good dog. <laughs> but yeah, so that's our... Finally, we're back with an episode.
1: Um, I do have some topic ideas for the next month. Um, we just wanted to take a little bit of break, because we did know notice that it was starting to become daunting only... In, In my opinion, it was only daunting because I was starting to rush through things instead of actually enjoying the things I was reading and and watching.
0: April was pretty busy for both of us and Ian. So, you know, we took a little bit of a break and maybe we won't try to go weekly. Maybe we'll try to do bi-weekly. You know, also, I agree with Eric. We just needed time to enjoy stuff. You know, I'm actually finally all caught up on my comic Mm -hmm. books and, you know... Maybe you now we if we do bi weekly we can kind of do some enjoyment mm-hmm. stuff and Yeah, we maybe bi weekly with group episodes, but I mean I'm gonna do a comic book one on Saturday for free comic book mm-hmm. day, so
1: Yeah, we love talking about all of this stuff but sometimes we try to rush through things yeah, so we can and talk if we about
0: rush it. through it it, it gets done. It ta- It's almost like another job. Yeah, it takes it a little bit of the enjoyment out of it. So Especially like, you know, I've been having long days at work and you know, our schedules aren't the same. Between me, Eric, and Ian, so... Yeah, it's almost almost opposite. impossible. <laughs> it's almost impossible, but we we, we are going to keep trying here, and I'm, I'm really glad that Eric was able to come down and we watched the triple feature, and...
1: That was great. I was, was glad fantastic. that we were able
0: to watch Star Wars Visions Day and hang out. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, okay. so that's that's, uh, that's our episode, episode. Another episode.
1: You can follow me, Eric, at Spidey 8 on Instagram. And then any of our adventure geeks pages on Facebook and Instagram and I think Twitter. I don't. I don't even. Do I don't Twitter update anymore. Twitter, yeah, but yeah. our
0: Twitter might not be working. And you just had a cool hiking trip too lately, right?
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Check that out at our R2's of Falls.
0: Yep, uh, that's pretty cool. And you can follow me at Cap Flash on Instagram, Clark Ray Kent on Twitter. And uh, our quote. Hold on, and then you can
1: follow Ian at oh, Sully, Ian 19, at Sully 18. nineteen eighteen. I know he's been doing some some history, history stuff. Yeah, so check that out as well. And then we got our quote.
0: And our quote.
1: Other than May the Fourth be with you.
0: Yeah, other than May the Fourth be with you, uh, said by Peter Quill. Oh. We were gone for quite a while, but no matter what happens next. The galaxy still needs its guardians.
1: That's damn straight.
0: Thank you guys for listening. And we'll see you next time.